All right, nerds, let's get to it. Uh, my name is Antonio Padilla, and I'm your Arthur. Joining me, as always, is my Lancelot, Cliff Miller. Say what up, Cliff. What's up, what's up? Yeah, that's right. Everybody, welcome to Nerds of the Round Table. It is January 12th, 2019, and boy, do we have a lot of news to get into. Uh, it's been a big week. A lot of big announcements have come out, a lot of big uh, big Nerd World events. Uh, so yeah, let's jump right into it. Uh, off the top, uh, Luke Wilson has been cast in the DC Universe's original program, Stargirl. This is a pretty big deal. He's playing Pat Duggan, who is the stepfather to Courtney Whitmore, a.k.a. Stargirl. And he also becomes her sidekick when he develops the, uh, the robot Stripe. Now, Cliff, I don't know how familiar you are with this, this character, this story, um, if at all. <laughs> but what, do you, what, what are your thoughts on this? So, I'm not too familiar with Stargirl. Let's just, be, let's just do it right off the jump, right? But, like, thinking about how Luke Wilson is playing the father to somebody is probably mm-hmm. what catches my, my, uh, my ear more. <laughs> because I remember uh, <laughs> Old School, and for some of you guys who don't know, that was a Will Ferrell movie as well. Uh, kind of movie that put Will Ferrell into his bigger comedic roles. But, uh... No, like, Luke Wilson, like, it's it's just, like, looking at a guy who's, like, like, man, like, you, you were sleeping with teenagers in that movie, and now you're a dad, like, oh, it's such change. <laughs> right, 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 right. I hear you. I hear you. It's, it's crazy to think that Luke Wilson, uh, but, which, by the way, I'm a big fan of this news, because uh, I, I like Luke Wilson. I like him a lot more than uh, Owen Wilson, but... Uh, but yeah, no, I hear you, man. I hear you. It it does kind of make me feel a bit old as well, considering he's playing the uh, the stepfather in this in this show. But I mean, hopefully he'll get to he'll get some action as well because uh, the story is pretty interesting. His character Pat Duggan was actually the sidekick to the Star Spangled Kid, so you know this is a character who was a superhero. And then, you know, his stepdaughter becomes a superhero and he's like, well, you know, I can't just let you go out there on your own. I got to help you. I'm going to protect you. And that's why he develops this uh, this robotic uh, avatar for himself to go out there and, and, and help her out. So, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm just Off curious. Cause I, see, I see a lot of the pictures and I'm just kind of curious on to like what uniform they're going to use because he just just like even just type it in google right just like star girl like there's a lot of different uniforms so i'm just i'm interested to see oh yeah um what what version they're going to use i guess to say yeah yeah and that's uh it's interesting you bring that up this will be the third live action iteration of star girl the first was on smallville and the second was on dc's legends of tomorrow and if you were to ask me, like, uh, which one was the best, I'd probably say uh, Legends of Tomorrow, just because the mask, for me, worked better on that one. Um, although, uh, I did prefer the performance for uh, what they did on Smallville better. Like, I feel like they fleshed her out a lot better on that show. But yeah, and yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm kind of curious myself what, the, uh, what her suit is going to look like in this show i feel like looking so, at yeah, her hope, costume hopefully we're gonna look at that 
Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say uh, it just looks like looking at her costume from Smallville. It's kind of like the '90s version of like Captain America. <laughs> like it's just yeah, like a lot of, of loose clothing. <laughs> so it's, yeah, I have, and like I, I said, I wasn't a fan of the mask they gave her on that show. Like it makes her forehead look really big. So it really does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I I liked the uh, the Legends of Tomorrow Star Girl suit better. Yeah. It definitely, it it definitely looks closer to like a couple of comic comic uh, comic looks that I've seen. Aside from the fact mm-hmm. that you know it is a one piece, which is that it's it is what it is with me. I don't really I don't really mind, and like I don't really know the story that much. So, right. but as far as her costume goes, based on like what they were drawing for like DC to where she is, like as far as like Legends Tomorrow, it she's it's it's interesting. So I'm definitely hyped. I definitely am gonna be keeping an eye on this series though. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And, uh, yeah, it's a character that I really like. Um, I'm not, like, a super huge fan, but everything I know about her. And, uh, like like I said, the, f- the few live-action iterations she's been in so far is something that I am a big fan of. So, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, like I said, I like Luke Wilson. Um, the fact that he's going to be in it uh, is a big uh, plus for me as well. Um uh, for those of you don't, who don't know, uh, Stargirl herself will be played by a young actress named Breck Bassinger, Basinger. I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name, but <laughs> yeah. That's actually, I, I'm like trying to look up stuff on her right now. It's kind of a, I don't know, she's kind of a newer, newer person in the role. So it's definitely good. It's good to see. It's good to see when people are like, you don't know that person and they're going to be like the star of the small screen. Similar to like how, you know, um, Supergirl, right? So like a lot of people, if you didn't watch Glee, you didn't know mm-hmm. that she, that she played on the Glee. And if you didn't, if you didn't watch Glee, you obviously didn't know that Flash was on her as well. So when you see those characters like in right. smaller roles and then they blow up to these bigger moves, are these bigger roles like on a on a small screen? It's it's definitely cool to see. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And um, like, like I love Melissa as uh, as Supergirl. Like she's she's fantastic. I love her. <laughs> so yeah, and Grant killing it as the Flash. So yeah, yeah. It is kind of a trip for me though because I never watched Glee. So like when I go back and look at uh, some of that stuff. <laughs> kind of a trip for me to watch them like you know dance and sing and stuff but but honestly i think that's cool i actually have a lot more respect for performers who can do all that sort of thing so So, yeah so i did watch glee (laughs) Mm. and uh, oh i know yeah (laughs) and it was there was a the episode recently well it wasn't recently it was probably about a year year and a half ago maybe even two years where they supergirl and flash were singing and i was like yo this is just this just brings me back (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah like yeah like because uh i don't know if uh the majority of people out there know like almost everybody who's been cast on one of these dc tv shows can sing and most of them can dance as well (laughs) so you know it's crazy like they kept trying to find a way to do like a musical episode to like showcase that and the whole time I was like, guys, you know, DC has a villain named the Music Meister who kind of turns the world into a musical. And sure enough, that's what they did on the show. <laughs> it was awesome. I'm not going to lie. I did pay- yeah. I did watch that episode and I did laugh about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And even the guy who they uh, they cast as the Music Meister was also from Glee. So, Yes, he was. 
All right, so uh, I think that's going to wrap it up on the Stargirl casting. Uh, like I said, I have no gripes about it. Cliff, what are you, uh, final thoughts on that? No, I don't have, I don't, no, I'm, I'm good with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right on. Uh, moving on, we have some not so great news, uh, although uh, not surprising if you've been following this at all. Uh, Star Trek Four has officially been put on hold uh, for multiple reasons. Uh, the official reason cited that the, the director of the film has exited the project. But like I said, if you've been paying attention at all to the development of this film, there's been a lot of behind-the-scenes drama, what with uh, Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth not being happy with what the studio offered them in uh, terms of salary. Uh, so, yeah, uh, disappointing, but like I said, not surprising. Cliff, thoughts? Um, well, let's be real. I mean, our two favorite Chris's are reunited. <laughs> yeah. We're supposed to be reuniting, and again... You know, like, it's just, it's weird because these guys are such big box office pulls, especially, like, Chris Pine, just on his own, and then Helmsworth, mm -hmm. obviously, being Thor. That's just massive, massive news. So, it's definitely a shame to see that studios are trying to, like, hold back on their pay because they're like, you guys aren't that big of a draw. But, really, if you're watching the MCU or even the DCEU, you're like, nope, those are the guys that you're really wanting to be in those roles, especially when... You know, Chris Pine is the Star Trek series. I'm sorry. Like, give credit to where credit is due. Like, that cast is amazing. But if it, Chris Pine is, he, he, he is, he is uh, Kirk. And it's just. Yeah, he's Captain he's, Kirk. He's so smooth at what he's doing. And I watch the movies. I watch the Star Trek movies because of him. I don't watch them. If anybody else was playing in that role and it wasn't Chris Pine, I don't, I don't know if I'd really be watching it. Just. The way he, the mannerisms that he has, the way he moves from, in the first one, and even like we we joked about it on the, we joked about it numerous times, just like the apple scene from the first Star Trek, where like, yep, mm -hmm. it's definitely a Kirk thing. He's definitely uh, he's got this role, and it's just it's wild yep. to me to think that the studio is going to be like, you know what, we've seen your other work, mm, you can have this, Chris Helmsworth, mm, you're in the MCU. We don't we don't really consider you a a big box office pull due to Thor, but Thor Ragnarok killed it in the in the box office, and it was amazing. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, uh, what I uh, you know I I I agree. You know, like it's like pay the pay the men, pay them. You know, whatever it is, pay what pay what they're worth. You know, like these are these are two huge stars. I mean, people would go to watch this movie just for them. You know, considering how big they've blown up since the first star trek i mean they were both essentially nobodies uh, i mean you know they were working and whatnot but like i didn't know who chris hemsworth was prior to that movie i didn't know who chris pine was either and right. you know i saw that movie and you know they both as tiny a role as hemsworth had in that movie he delivers a powerhouse performance in that in in the short amount of time he was given so yeah pay him <laughs> Yeah, that's it, all I'm saying. Just pay the men. Yeah, because what you're gonna end up doing is they're gonna you're gonna get your money's back for him. You know, sure, like um, what was uh the second the second Star Trek? You know, I mean, cover cover bad um cover batch. We 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 talked about it numerous <laughs> times where it's it's like um I keep wanting to say Doctor Strange. That's why, <laughs> but. <laughs> 
You know, it's funny because I, I mentioned, I, we talked about that too, where I wanted him to play Doctor Strange this whole time. Uh, but mm-hmm. but um, it's just, to me, you, you're going to get, just because you got burned on that one movie, right? Chris Helmsworth is a whole different draw. People love him. People will come see him, you know. Uh, but uh, you you just have to spend the money. You're, just, you're right about it. You just have to spend that money. Yeah, yeah. Pay pay them in, you know. That's what I'm saying. And like you were saying earlier, that whole cast, you'd be crazy to let them go. You know, you got guys like Zachary Quinto and Zoe Saldana, and uh, you know, it, it. That cast is fantastic. Like, do not let them slip out of your hands like like especially over something this stupid um yes. yeah <laughs> i don't know man i don't know what they're doing but uh you know get it together paramount it's funny too because when this whole cast got put together originally you and i like we geeked out <laughs> we geeked out so hard especially yeah. you know, just like how you mentioned zarko quinto man coming in as spock like Yo, we knew from the moment that he was Siler on Heroes that that man's going to play Spock. Like, we knew it from the mm-hmm. moment. So it's just funny to see that they're they're fussing and fighting over money. Like, dude, like, you give them what they, what they deserve because they've earned that. So, you know, give them, give them their dues, pay them the money, get your film made, and then you're going to enjoy the rewards. So there's a super strong following for the Star Trek, uh, the Star Trek following of the cult. And then you get all these new fans. Like, I didn't watch The Next Generation. I love The Next Generation. And I liked watching some of the original Star Trek movies. But I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch any of the Star Trek movies. And I watched only a few of the episodes. But when the new Star Trek movie came out with Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto, like, I was on board. And when the second one came out, I was on board. And when the third one <laughs> came out, I was too busy getting ready for some new movie that was coming out from the MCU. So, <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Well, and that's the other thing, too. Like, um, Star Trek Beyond is a really solid Star Trek movie. You know, like, I didn't think it was going to be... Uh, very good because uh, it was directed by Justin Lin, and I have very strong res- reservations about that guy. But uh, he clearly loves Star Trek. If you watch that movie, and uh, yeah, it surprised. So my whole thing is like, you know, just pay <laughs> pay your actors, man. Get this get this thing rolling. You know, ever since Star Wars came back, there's this. I think maybe they're afraid that people just aren't as interested in Star Trek anymore. If uh, 2018 taught us anything, it's that Star Wars is not infallible. You know, we saw what happened with Solo, a Star Wars story, and, uh, you know, yeah. take advantage, uh, Paramount. Take advantage. That's all I'm saying. You have you have the opening. Just take the shot and go. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, unfortunately, Star Trek for not happening in the near future, which is a bummer. Uh, but there is some, some good news, or at least I think this is good news. Uh, there is a, they announced a new Star Trek animated series, which will be on the CBS All Access, which is where Star Trek uh, Discovery is also available. Um, and I, I, I like this idea because uh, I'm a big fan of the original Star Trek animated series. Um, and I, I feel like in today's 
today's day, uh, you can do a lot of really cool stuff with uh, sci-fi in animation. And uh, it also allows you to keep the budget down. You don't have to spend a whole lot of money on special effects and whatnot. So, yeah, I think uh, uh, an animated series set in the Star Trek universe today, now, you know, if you do it today, that would be something really cool. And it's definitely something I'm interested in. You know, it's 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 wild because I think of like Oroville, right? Where that show is actually doing pretty solid. And I, and I know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I get it, right, guys? So just kind of hear me out, though. But I feel like an animated <laughs> series would definitely be something I would be interested in watching, especially if you could kind of make it more of, like, adult-themed, right? And yeah. you, you would draw that audience in. So I definitely agree with you, man. Like, you could keep – you whatever money you're spending to get Chris Pine and Chris Hounsworth, you'll save on animated series. So just do yourself the oh, justice. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure man i agree totally agree yeah and uh i don't know if uh if you ever saw the old star trek animated series uh but uh i really like that show uh, although if you watch it now it does seem a bit dated like you can tell they were they were kind of cutting corners with the animation but i mean it was the it was the 60s come on yeah you have to give it but yeah give what it gets <laughs> yeah exactly and uh, like I said, uh, if you were to try a, a, an animated series now, I think you could do a whole lot more, especially since, you know, you've got the backing of a major studio, uh, whether it's a, a film studio or a television studio. Like, yeah, man, swing for the fences. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying that. And you could also make it kind of comedic, too, where, you know what I mean? Like, you mm-hmm. know, Greg Sipes, he can, he can voice a couple of the characters. <laughs> Yeah, bring him on. Have him play some alien characters. Yo, or no, something. have him play Kirk, man. Could you imagine Craig Sipes oh, playing man, Kirk? Man. Yo, that'd be crazy. That would just, that'd be crazy. That would be. Imagine just Beast Boy doing the voice of Captain Kirk, though. Like that would be like that would be a dream for me. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's funny you say like uh, you were saying like add some comedic elements. Like the first thing that popped into my head when I heard Star Trek animated, I was like, yo, like if they could do it, like kind of in the same vein as rick and morty like that'd be dope (laughs) like maybe not the same over over the top sense of humor but like you get what i'm saying right like kind of some of the dark jaded cynical humor mixed with that sense of like adventure and exploration like that's that's what i that's what i think yeah i agree man that's definitely it would it would be a lot of fun to see and then you could have obviously you could you could ask other actors who like if they want to come, like Zoe Sadala, if you want her to come back and do Yuhara, you know, you can have those roles. But I just think, like, a, a great comedic uh, style for Star Trek animation, but still keep it on the serious side. Like, I don't want it to be like Teen Titans Go. I'd like it to be like, you know, like, like Young Justice, right? So if you kind of want to touch yeah. on stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I feel like that's. It's like the yeah, only way you like because uh, like, yeah, like Young Justice, I feel, would be the correct uh, barometer to, <laughs> to put that on because it's like yeah, it finds the right mix of like humor and uh, and like serious action and drama. So yeah, yeah, I see that. All right, so uh, I feel like uh, we're on the same page when it comes to Star Trek animated. Uh, so uh, we're gonna move on to a bit of a uh, movie news. Since we've covered all the, yeah, pretty much all the lesser stuff. Uh, This is a big deal for me. Uh, 
and uh, uh, a lot of people. All right, so moving on, we're going to talk about a bit of movie casting. Uh, for those of you who've been uh, keeping up with the Shazam, the next DCEU film, uh, a bit of casting news came out this week, which is uh, kind of odd, but not really when you think about it, because uh, the movie's only three months out. John Glover has joined the cast of Shazam. Now, if you don't know who John Glover is, uh, you will. Um, John Glover is a guy who has a lot of experience with the DC Universe. He portrayed Dr. Jason Woodrew in Batman and Robin. Not the best movie, but hey, whatever. Uh, and he was also the voice of Edward Nigma, the Riddler, on Batman the Animated Series. And then most famously, he played Lionel Luthor on Smallville. The, that's right, the father of Lex Luthor. And he is now returning to the DC Universe in Shazam. Uh, we have no confirmation who he's playing, but we know it's going to be a voice role, which explains why he was cast so late in the process. Uh, this is similar to Julie Andrews joining the cast of Aquaman in a voice role, because uh, they announced that like two weeks before the movie came out. So, yeah, yeah, it, it, it'll be a voice role. If you were to ask me off the top of my head who I think it is, it might be Taki Tani, the uh, Captain Marvel Shazam's um, uh, tiger companion. Uh, so, yeah, that, those are my, that's who I think it might be. Uh, I could be wrong. Could be, it could be anybody, really. Uh, Cliff, what do you think about this? Uh, I like the idea that Lex Luthor's father is finally going to be in 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 a movie so i'm definitely hyped about this uh i will have to say that referencing batman and robin probably not the best example that we want to go off of especially because it's it's a known fact how much i hate that movie <laughs> oh bro we all hate that movie we I mean, all hate that movie you know but you know I, i'm just i'm just trying to establish the the actor has a history with the dc universe yeah so no, and it's definitely cool because I definitely I think it's cool that he's returning back. I know, like I remember watching Smallville and seeing like how great he was in the movie. So as far as like the characters go of who he's gonna play, I definitely agree. I think I think Taki is definitely gonna be the way that he rolls. Right, right. That's that's probably the most obvious choice. Um, and yeah, I I think he'd do great. He already has kind of a his voice already lends. Uh, to the gravitas of a character like that who kind of dispels wisdom and, and, and advice. So, yeah, I think that's probably the safe bet. But again, it could be could be anything. Uh, and yeah, so this is, this is a big deal to me because, you know, I love I loved Smallville, still love Smallville. And uh, anybody who had anything to do with that show still holds a special uh, place in my heart, especially John Glover, because like you said, he was fantastic on that show he's a he's an awesome actor and he always brings his a game uh even when he's playing sociopaths like lionel luther <laughs> i keep i keep i keep thinking about now that we're talking about lex luther's dad i keep thinking about batman beyond and like now i'm just like man like that movie was just ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> you know it's funny because i was watching um uh the late night show with james corden is that right late late show with james corden he had john ham yeah on the episode and they were doing mm -hmm. this skit called fill your guts or spill your guts right and i didn't know right. 
I didn't know this, but John Hamm had talked about how he wanted to play Batman. So uh, right. they asked him, they're like, hey, you said you've, inter- you've been interested in playing Batman. Tell us your top, uh, from best to worst, name us your best to worst Batman, right? So it was um, Ben Affleck, um, <laughs> Val Kilmer, and Christian Bale. Like, those were his three. And he was like, I got to name him from best to worst. He's like, yep. He's like, hmm. No, I'm sorry. It was George Clooney. It was George Clooney, Christian Bale, <laughs> and Ben Affleck. And he was just like, yeah, I don't I don't think I can do that. <laughs> and so he had to like eat. I forget. I think it was like a thousand-year-old egg or something like that. It was disgusting. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. I was laughing because then he was like, yeah, well, there was other people who played Batman too. And James was like, do you want to put them on the list? He's like, nope. And uh I instantly <laughs> thought, right, as soon as they would have said that question to me, the first thing I would have said was George Clooney was the worst, and that's mm-hmm. where we're going to start. Because <laughs> it's like, yo, he, how, do you, how, do you dis, how do you not think that he's the worst? He, and we've talked about this numerous times, that, that George Clooney was the person who said, I have killed the Brat- Batman franchise. Like, yeah, yeah you are trash. Well, and... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, he's he he wasn't good. <laughs> he just wasn't meant for that role. So yeah, it, it it's it's funny it's funny you bring that up because yeah, uh, John Hamm is kind of the the fan favorite to play the part, you know, because there there are constant rumors that uh, Affleck might be leaving, but you know, there's no there's no truth to any of those rumors. But yeah, John Hamm he has spoken publicly about wanting the role, so. You know, and I mean, if worse comes to worse, yeah, I wouldn't mind John Hamm. I like John Hamm. I like good guy, good actor. I like him on Mad Men. I think I think he would be cool. The way he kind of carries himself too is very, it's it's very Bruce Wayne ish. Like he just he just has charisma. The only seeing like I, I'm always gonna be this person, right? So when I say this, Adam West will always be the Batman, right? Let's just let's just knock that out the park real quick. But to me, I think I think Christian Bale played the best Bruce Wayne, but Val Kilmer played the best Batman. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, I don't know, man. Like, I'm not sure. I agree. Like, I, I I get what you're saying. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like Bale was more well-rounded. Like he bounced back and forth between. Because let's not forget, he had to play like three different versions of Bruce Wayne. And then uh, there, and then Batman on top of all that. So mm-hmm. I feel like he's definitely a more well-rounded in his performance. Um, I actually feel the opposite way about Kilmer. I think he was a good Bruce Wayne, uh, but not a very good Batman. No, that makes. I mean, and that's what I'm saying. We're all entitled to our wrong opinions, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's it's just crazy to me that you know Bruce. Bruce was, you know, I mean, I, and I'll go back. Like, so Christian Bale, I definitely thought, like, he just played, like, you know, when you first saw him, he was, like, this very, you know, he was, like, trying to be sure of himself. He wasn't really too sure of who he was. And then we got him into the second one, and that Bruce Wayne was a little bit more cocky. 
he's kind of understood himself. And in the third one, he was a broken Bruce Wayne who ended up, like, finding himself all over again. So, like, all three mm-hmm. entities, like, really made sense to me. And I was like, yo, I really like this Bruce Wayne. Whereas when he did Batman, obviously, like, he was one consistent Batman, right? But the only problem that really threw me off about Batman, that Batman, was the voice. It just 100% was the voice. But, you know, if I if I didn't take... If I didn't see Val Kilmer as as Batman, I would have said Michael Keaton, obviously, because that's Detective Bruce Wayne as Batman, you know, and that's, I guess when I think of Batman, that's where I really look at it, and I think that would be why I always say, like, that would be my first, my real live action Batman, but I don't know. To me, it just kind of, you've got to compare yourself to Adam West, and Adam West played both roles, like, amazingly, and then after that, I would say, you know, it's like I said, Christian Bale, one side, and actually, you know, I might take Michael Keaton for Batman. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I agree with uh, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton, I feel, um, I think he nailed both, both aspects of the, the character, or, you know, if you really want to break it down, there's multiple, because it's not just Bruce Wayne, and Batman, like I said, uh, Christian Bale really understood that there's three different versions of Bruce Wayne you have to play all at once. Where it's like, you know, there's the Bruce Wayne that the public sees. There's the Bruce Wayne that uh, uh, that <sighs> crap. I forgot. I forgot what all the layers are. But you know what I mean. Like, there's the facade he puts on for the public. There's the person he is when he's with Alfred, which is the real Bruce Wayne. And then there's Bruce Wayne. Uh, prior to being Batman. And then, of course, Batman. So, you know, and like you said, his Batman is very consistent no matter where he is in the journey over the three movies. But I I feel like that's very much by design. You know, Batman is supposed to be unwavering. And even if Bruce is, has some kind of internal struggle, Batman has to be uh, the one thing that never wavers. So yeah, I, I agree. I agree there. Uh, but Michael Keaton, like his Bruce Wayne and his Batman are very much different characters, very different creatures, if you will. Right. Um, and you don't even really know which one is the real identity, which one is the real person. Like there's a great scene in Batman Returns, which uh, uh, I'm not going to say a whole lot on. I don't really like Batman Returns. <laughs> But there's a great moment in that movie where, uh, you know, when towards the end of the movie, there's the masquerade ball, right? And everybody's wearing masks and Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle show up and they're not wearing masks. And the joke is like, oh, haha, they're not wearing masks. It's like, no, if you look deeper, they are wearing masks. Bruce Wayne is the mask. Selena Kyle is the mask because the real identities on these characters are Batman and Catwoman. So it's like, ha, joke's on you. (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean, you're right. And it was definitely, like, a smooth move by, you know, and, and and credit where credit is due. Tim Burton did an amazing job with that part. And, like, just those little subtle scenes, man, it's definitely what made that movie, like, even better than where it was. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And, I mean, you know, you were talking about Adam West. Adam West is always going to have a special place in my heart, Adam West. He is great. I have nothing negative to say about him or his performance because his Batman is just so on another plane from anybody else. So, you know, 
Well, it's like, I better not hear any negativity about Adam West. <laughs> I've heard like so. I've heard like a lot of people talk about how like you know the reason why Adam West was such a great Batman was because he had to actually act, whereas like in the Batman movies you had the suit, and the suit really kind of portrays like how you are gonna be. And versus like where Adam West, he obviously he has like cloth and he has like, you know, his everything is just you could definitely tell it's like very, I don't want to say the word. Yeah, it was but it's, spandex. It's, yeah, yeah <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't great. But he <laughs> yeah. you you believed that he was Batman with every entity that he put out there, you know, even if he was like, yeah. even if it was like the most like ob- obscene things. Like, he got it, and he nailed everything. Like, I remember, like, there was the episode where, like, he's, like, he he was he was reading one of Riddler's clues, and or his riddles, mm-hmm. and, like, the way he was piecing it together, I felt, I was like, man, like, I really believe this is Batman. Yeah, it's super, <laughs> the, the, the riddles and all that, super ridiculous <laughs> on that show. But that's what made that show so great. Like, uh, people don't realize that show's supposed to be a comedy. And that's also why Adam West was so great because his his version of Batman, like you said, he had to do some acting, but it was more comedic than anything else. Like he had to have great timing, great delivery to make some of those jokes work without letting like like he had to play it straight, but also had to have the right delivery and whatnot to be like, come on, guys, it's a joke. It's funny. You can laugh at this. Yep. So, yeah, Adam West uh, and his TV show. I, I love it. I have the entire series. Uh, on blu-ray so and i watch it all the time it's hilarious it makes me laugh <laughs> so it's great it's great like when you like because when i was a kid i always talk about this like when i was a kid and i used to watch that show in reruns i didn't get that it was a comedy i thought you know i watched it and it, it was great for me because it was like it's batman you know and there's the joker and there's the riddler and the penguin and all these characters and that was just thrilling to me but as i got older i realized oh this is supposed to be funny like, okay, I get it. Like, this is, yeah, and it is really funny, too. You know, so, it's, yeah, I've, it's I've great. Been, I love it. So, like, I, I know we're sidetracked a little bit from where we really wanted to be, but I've been thinking about this for a long time, and I'm finally going to get this off my chest, and you're going to kind of agree with me, too, right? So, mm. it was an interesting meme I had seen last year, and for some reason it circulated again in my timeline, right? And it was, there's like a picture of a little girl watching TV and it was like Barney, right? And then the same Mm -hmm. little girl, a little older, she's like a teenager. She's watching like, we'll call it, we'll call it like Merrill's Place or Beverly Hills 90210 for whatever, trashy sitcom, right? And then as she's older, she's watching The Bachelorette, right? Or The Bachelor. (laughs) But then if you look back, there's a little boy and he's watching Dragon Ball Dragon Ball, like the TV show. And then when he gets a little older, he's mm-hmm. watching Dragon Ball Z. And then as an adult, he's watching Dragon Ball Super. And the funny thing I think about, right. man, is I think about this kind of stuff all the time, right? So, like, as me and you, like, we've been friends for, God, since 90, 99, 2000. We've been friends forever. We have yeah. never changed <laughs> our TV oh, no. shows. We are <laughs> no. so consistent, like... What's your favorite? Yeah. Car- like, what's your favorite cartoon uh, superhero TV show? Oh, without a doubt, it's Batman the animated series. Like, boom, that's it is oh, what yeah. it is. Like, like, oh, do you remember when we watched Spider Man? Like, at, on ABC. Like, it just to me, it's funny because we never. If you looked at us as kids, 
versus how we are now. And especially now that everybody's doing that that challenge on Facebook where it's the your first photo from the first photo you put on Facebook to your most recent and how many years difference. I'm thinking back, mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, dude, like <clears throat> I have never changed. Like I'm consistently <laughs> always like cartoons, comics, wrestling, uh yeah. <laughs> things have been added. But I've never grown out of like anything that I truly love, which DC, DC and Marvel are like the two things I think that stayed consistent with me. And it's funny that you talk about the the Bruce Wayne, uh, the the Batman uh, uh, TV show because like I just recently saw in Walmart that they have the complete series of Batman animated series as well as. Yeah. Um, I saw a friend of mine who just posted up that he has the complete series of X-Men. And I'm like, I need these shows back in my life. <laughs> and I just realized <laughs> how much I've never grown up. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. I, I have that old X-Men, uh, old, the, the 90s X-Men series as well. And, uh, yeah, like, you know, w- when you're a kid growing up and those are the things that you found comfort in, like, it's it, yeah, you're not going to let go of those things. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, speaking of Batman the Animated Series, um, have you seen the remaster that they did for like the Blu-ray? So I haven't been able to see like the episode quality, but I did see the trailer, especially when they had um, Batman on there, and then the lightning bolt hit, and then Robin showed up, and then it hit again, and it changed to Nightwing. So I definitely saw like the <laughs> previous to it, but I have not seen a Blu-ray edition yet. Oh my god, it looks so good, man. Like, I was watching it when it first came out, and I was like, my goodness, I've never seen this show look this good before. Because I had it on DVD before, mm-hmm. but the remaster they did for the, the HD transfer, it looks incredible. Like, it's it's almost like watching the show for the first time. <laughs> it looks great. See, so if you haven't to... seen it yet, check it out. Uh, yeah, that... that I can't rave about it enough. It looks amazing. It looks fantastic. Yeah, I'm going to have to definitely go back and rewatch and speaking, it. Speaking Yeah, for sure. And speaking of Batman the animated series, uh smooth segue. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk about uh something that's a big deal. Uh this was brought to my attention not yesterday, I believe it was 2 days ago, maybe 3 days ago, I'm not sh- entirely sure. But it was the 20th anniversary of the debut of Batman Beyond. How old does that make you feel, Cliff? <laughs> Yo, I old, old, <laughs> super old. <laughs> yeah, right, right. When I heard that, I was like, oh my God, has it been 20 years already? My goodness, I remember when that show first came on and how excited we were. Yeah. And I, I, I have that entire series as well. And it's, I still watch that show and I'm like, this show was so ahead of its time. Like, oh, yeah. You know, it's funny, man, because, like, my nephew, my nephew last year was, and not this last, not 19, but 2018, he was Terry. <laughs> like, he was Batman nice. Beyond for Halloween. And, and crazy enough, it was the same year that Kira wanted to be Harley Quinn. But I was like, yo, like, what happened? I was like, yo, it's it is so crazy that my nephew's favorite Batman is Batman Beyond. And then for Christmas, I bought him the Batman Beyond, uh, the Return of Joker from for Batman Beyond. Yeah. So, yeah, it was super fly. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, the show is, uh, it, again, if there's anybody out there who hasn't seen it, uh, 
please watch it. It's uh, it's it's fantastic. It's if you don't know what it is, it's um, this idea that uh, Bruce Wayne, who I believe in the show, he's an eighty-year-old man. He's been retired. He's not Batman anymore, uh, but he ends up taking on a new protege, uh, a young boy named a young man named Terry McGinnis, uh, to be the new Batman. And he's got like this upgraded Batman suit, like with all this tech in it, and uh, it's set in kind of a cyberpunk future where Gotham, I believe they refer to it as new Gotham. And it's, it's, it's crazy. It's almost, it's kind of like um, Akira, the Japanese anime. And uh, like, if you took Batman and dropped him in that world, that's kind of what the show is. And it's visually stunning. It's, 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 the voice acting is incredible. Kevin Conroy does come back to play the 80 year old Bruce Wayne. Uh, and they do a lot of callbacks to certain characters from Batman's past. And like Cliff mentioned, there was a movie that was a Batman Beyond animated movie, uh, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, which is also essential viewing if you're into this. So yeah, Batman Beyond is one of those shows that sort of came out while we were, we were still kids, you know, I mean, we were older kids, but uh, it came out. And it still managed to capture your imagination and your attention and because it was a continuation of a story that was already established in a previous series. And yeah, it was it was great. And I'm still I'm still uh protest not protesting, but I'm like, you know, I, I want a Batman Beyond live action movie. I still want one. Yeah, I would have to agree. Like I definitely would love to see Batman Batman Beyond the movie, but obviously, like <laughs> certain, I and it's weird how we're gonna say this, right? And I'm gonna say this, but if Tom Holland wasn't Spider-Man, that would be my Terry. <laughs> like just to right. put it out there, but you know, you right. and, and you bring up like such because they do make a lot of great callbacks in the movie Return of the Joker for Bat- Batman Beyond the Return of Joker brings back Mark Hamill as Joker, which if you don't That's know right. who Mark Hamill is, one, check your pulse. Two, you would have known he's <laughs> Luke Skywalker because that's just the man. Um, yeah. But yeah, and, you know, when Tara Strong comes back to do, um, this should do, uh, was it Grandma Quinn? Uh, Grandma Harley? I think um, actually, 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 uh, this is something that pe- I always have to bring. Tara Strong was originally... Batgirl, uh, and the original animated Harley Quinn was Arlene Sorkin. Uh, Arlene Sorkin retired from the role after the first Arkham Asylum video game, and that's when Tara Strong took over. Right. But, um, yeah, so it's, it's, I don't know, this whole show was so great. And the one part that we're leaving off is the fact that Wed- uh, Will Freddy, Friedel, was the, yeah yeah he was the voice of terry and if you don't know who that is uh some of you guys might remember a show called boy meets world where you had the older brother eric matthews and that's him that's the man yeah. <laughs> that's right and it's funny it's funny you bring that up there was a joke in boy meets world that referenced the fact that he was batman there's an episode where he's talking he's on a date with a girl or something and uh he's like i don't remember what the setup was but he's like He's like, you got me. Uh, I feel it's time I, I need to tell you the truth about me. And then he looks at her. He's like, I'm Batman. 
<laughs> and everybody laughs and it's funny. like and it's like yeah he was batman at the time he was doing both at the same time so yeah that was a good that was a good joke i love that joke you know it's funny so yeah like... will Friedle was the voice of terry mcginnis aka batman and uh yeah yeah the show the show had a great cat like all these shows had great cast yes but uh yeah, I'm trying to remember who else was on the show. Like, I remember Henry Rollins was on the show. He did a couple of different characters. Uh, Seth Green was on the show. Uh, who else? I don't it's funny because, like, Seth Green has, like, he does a lot of different roles. But if, he, if he's ever, like, somebody important, he never, like, changes his voice. Like... Yeah, it, yeah, it's always obviously <laughs> Seth Green. No, it's him. <laughs> like, he plays A-Bomb yeah. in, like... Uh, Agents of Smash when it was a TV show. Yeah. Like he was A-bomb. You could tell it was him. But then he played Leonardo in like the third season of the Ninja Turtles uh, oh, series right. of Nickelodeon. Was. And you're like, yeah, that's him. And then you hear him like in any other role, you're like, yeah, except, except for Family Guy, which him playing Chris is, yeah. like, is a whole different voice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do, do you know what his inspiration for that voice was? No. It was uh, Buffalo Bill from uh, Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That is, that is so creepy because I was actually just making fun <laughs> of a friend the other day. I kept because he was talking about how he like he's like, yeah, I put I put lotion on. I put lotion on every night. And I was like, it puts the lotion on his skin or it gets the hose again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But see, it's crazy, like, once you know that that's what he based the voice on, it's like, oh, yeah, it does sound like that. I'm like, great, now I'm never going to get that out of my head. Yep. <laughs> so, you're welcome. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, uh, uh, yeah, we're talking about 20 years of Batman Beyond. Again, if you haven't seen it, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? What are you uh, doing go watch life? that show. <laughs> go watch it. Check it out. It's great. It's fantastic. Can't say enough about it. Uh, so next on the list, we're going to do our TV. Uh, we're going to do our TV uh, segment. Cliff, if you want to lead off, uh, I believe you've got some things to say about Marvel Netflix. So go ahead, man. Run with it. Yeah, so uh, it, it, it's going to take a little while. Obviously, I'm so far behind, and we definitely know the news. If you don't know the news, now you'll know the news here. Breaking news. Boop, 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 boop. Uh, <laughs> Daredevil uh, Season 3 is out on, on Netflix now. Um, however, the show has been canceled by Netflix, as well as Luke Cage and Iron Fist. And I actually think Jessica Jones was canceled, too, but I haven't actually found any news on that. I just, I just figured because uh... three... No, Jessica Jones is still, they still have one season in the can, and once they release that, I'm pretty sure it will be canceled. Yeah. So. Uh, the same goes for The Punisher. Once the new season comes out, I'm sure that one's going to be next as well. Yeah, but well, season ahead. two, so season two is going to be coming out in like four days for some of you guys who are huge Punisher fans like I am. Um, I just, man, like that whole series just on Netflix is just amazing, and I love the fact that they're able to to mesh the stories together, intertwine them here and there, and there's an overarching uh, story, especially for the Defender series. Um, so my wife and I are watching season two right now of Luke Cage. So as you guys are hearing this, we're on episode like 11, 12. We try to watch like two a night. Um, 
But no, it was definitely, like, the whole series, I think, for Luke Cage, if you didn't know anything about him, this is, like, a great way to be introduced to him. Um, just start from season one, just go, go on from there. Uh, but I definitely think, like, it's it's been definitely crazy to see, like, some of the people they've been able to bring on the show. And I'm not even just talking about, like, the main cast. I'm talking about, like, just in this last episode, you had Faith Evans and, um, God, uh, Jada Kiss. We're on the episode, like on the stage, and I'm like, "Yo, throwback to the '90s when they're singing about Biggie Smalls," and I was like, <laughs> "And there's like this iconic scene where, um, God, what was her character's name again? They're setting up a pic. They're taking out one old picture, and they're setting up a new picture, and a new picture is of Biggie Smalls, and outside in the club during the performance." is Jada Kiss and Faith Evans. And I was watching the episode, and I was like, I, I was like, is that Faith? And I kept staring at it. I was like, that is Faith Evans. <laughs> but it was just cool to see, because I'm like, they're incorporating a lot of, like, black culture in the city of Harlem, well, on the on the island of Harlem. If you guys don't know, like, that's where the show takes place, is in Harlem. And it's just, it's really cool. And the character, uh, Mariah, she's she's one who's raising this big ass picture up and i just i to me it's just it's an awesome awesome show so definitely go out of there um you know mike coulter plays very he was actually just here in baltimore promoting uh season two uh it's very nice guy uh so just go go support that show while it's still around because here in a little bit it's gonna get taken off um but they also brought danny back from Iron Fist, and they brought him, and they entwined him in the series a little bit, so you guys get to see all different characters kind of mesh around, and they even reference other characters the whole time, so definitely go check out Luke Cage when you get the chance. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. Um, I really liked season one, I haven't seen season two yet, um, and uh, yeah, Mike Coulter, uh, I, I, I know a couple of people who have met him, and uh, they all say the same thing, like, he's, he's this really cool dude, so yeah man support uh support where you can and how you can so yeah totally i think also too like i don't know man it's just i i'm upset because obviously these shows are getting canceled and there's like a lot of rumors that disney isn't gonna bring them back on like their own streaming service so i was like you're missing like a huge opportunity to like really capitalize on a show that is just it wasn't supposed to blow up, and it wasn't supposed to be as big as it is, but it's massive. And you're like, the, right. the following behind it is just insane to me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I did hear, however, though, that uh, Disney said they do have plans for Daredevil post-Netflix. Although what that means is anybody's guess at this point. They haven't said anything else about any of the other Netflix characters, so... You know, it's uh, it's a waiting game at this point. I have to give it to Charlie Cox, too, man. Like, I don't want to say he had big shoes to fill as far as Ben Affleck being Daredevil, but he had such a hard job getting into the mode of Matt Murdock. And I think he uh, he totally nailed it for me, man. Like, he's just, he's the man. He understands that, you know... Matt Murdock is kind of an isolated person who doesn't really want to be attached to people. And he really, to me, he really nailed it, man. And I was like, yo, like, this this is the daredevil that I was expecting to see. And I'm mm -hmm. so glad that that's who it is. Like, he's just, he's phenomenal. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think out of all the Marvel Netflix shows, Daredevil is probably my favorite. And, uh, and, and yeah, that had a lot to do with uh, what Charlie Cox did as an actor in, in, with the character and his performance and everything. Like, yeah, he, I feel he really understood the character and, and, and really got under the, the skin of who that, who that person is. Uh, like, you really understand why he does what he does. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it's unfortunate. Uh, I'm going to bring this up because we're talking about like the, these TV shows, like they're all getting canceled. And like I said, Marvel says they have plans for Daredevil, but we don't know what that is. I remember a couple years ago, somebody asked Charlie Cox if Daredevil would ever show up in one of the Marvel movies. And he's, he said something to the effect of like, uh, you know, it's possible that he, he will, but if, if he does, it probably won't be me playing him. And people were like, what? What does that mean? Uh, and I'm going to bring this up because uh, Cliff, Cliff knows this. I've, I've, I've mentioned this a lot. Uh, the Marvel Netflix shows are not actually connected to the MCU. Uh, I know Marvel and Disney kind of did their Jedi mind trick on everybody, but uh, they're not. They're not actually connected to the movies. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, if Daredevil does come back, <laughs> yeah, right? So if Daredevil does come back, it, it's probably not going to be Charlie Cox. You know, it's uh, crazy, I hate to be though. the one to break that to some of you guys, but it's, it's, if any of these characters do show up again, especially in the movies, it's not going to be these same iterations. But it's wild because they'll reference things that happened like in the MCU, but they're not attached to the MCU because like, they talk right, about... Right, right. You'll, you'll <laughs> notice they, they reference things in very vague ways very where vague. they're like the incident that occurred, you know, and it's like, well, that could mean anything, really. Well, yeah, because like in the latest episode of... Um of Luke Cage that my wife and I were watching, they reference Hulk. They never reference him by name, but they're like, yeah, you could be just some big green guy with a lot of strength. <laughs> you're like, Jesus, <laughs> yeah. man, you might as well just said it. Or like they, they mentioned one where um, they're like, or you might even have a mystic hammer. Like, I'm like, yo, yeah. like, stop referencing these parts, man. We know who you're talking Just say the name. We know they're in the universe. There may not be. Yeah, like, it might be. You could be of ultimate dimension for all I care. But I'm like, just okay. It's Thor's hammer. It's Hulk that you're talking about. We obviously know who the Star Spangled uh, Shield is. We already. <laughs> we know the tech billionaire. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. And like, um, I'm gonna bring this up just because we're talking about how a live action show can reference these things, even if they're not set in the same universe as like your movie universe. Like, if you watch Titans on on the DC universe, they flat out reference Batman and Wonder Woman and Superman and uh, who else? A bunch of other characters. And uh, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, Batman shows up in the final episode of the season. Uh, yeah, so they <laughs> reference all these things and we see these characters, uh, but they're, it's not connected to the DCEU. <laughs> so, you know, like, I feel like... Uh, you know, the Marvel Netflix shows and people who are like, but it's part of the MCU. No, it's not. Stop fooling yourself. <laughs> nope. Well, like... And again, that, that's not a dig at Marvel or anything. It's just some of the... Some people who, like, insist that it's the same thing. It's like, no, it's not. And that's okay. It's okay for it to not be the same thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I just wanted to kind of bring that up real quick. So, so. I hope I hope that when DC... Or not DC, when Marvel... 
and Disney, you know, they get the rights to all their shows back, man. We can start seeing some of these characters, and hopefully Dis- Disney does kind of like their, their side project, kind of like they did with Dimension Films, where they just, sorry if you guys didn't know that, but you get to see, like, these kind of <laughs> darker, gritty, grittier films, but they're attached to a different brand. Obviously, they're funded through Disney, but they're not under the Disney banner, because I would love to see, like... Yeah. I would love to see another Punisher movie, but obviously, if you Disneyfy him, he's not gonna come back as like, it's woo yeah, I saved my family. Well, we know Frank's family <laughs> died. Come on, like stop with it. But spoiler for those guys yeah. who didn't know that. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't want to ruin that. But like even this, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, and these latest these latest two seasons on Netflix, right? Uh, John Berthnall is amazing as Frank Castle and I'm sold like Chris Chris uh, Charlie Cox and Frank and John are just amazing in their roles like I 100 buy into them as Daredevil and uh, Frank Castle like I just I do and I'm just I get attached to those guys and I used to watch The Walking Dead and God, you would not believe how many times I wanted John Berthnall to die in that show die, up yeah. until the episode that he died. I was like, I hate you Can't so much. Protect him, Rick. <laughs> and then, like, he's the Punisher. I was like, God, I just want you to die now, Frank. <laughs> he gets close to death. You're like, yes. Now turn to the zombie and attack everybody like you were going to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I agree. I I think like um certain characters like uh like obviously uh Marvel and Disney are are going to get the rights to Deadpool back. I don't want to see a Disney version of Deadpool. No. Like I don't want to see a Disney version of uh The Punisher. Like that character is too brutal. And if you tone him down for a PG-13 audience, the, the character loses kind of what makes him special. And uh Deadpool, if you want any evidence of the same Look at that crappy uh, Once Upon a Deadpool. <laughs> like, that was not enjoyable at all. Because it's just Deadpool 2, but they cut it down to PG-13. And the movie suffers greatly for it. So, and I feel the, the same thing just for the character in general. If you try and if you try to make those characters, like, family-friendly or less edgy and less violent, then it, that's a disservice to those characters. So yeah, I feel like Disney has enough, uh, they have enough avenues that you can release uh, projects for these characters under a separate banner, but still, you know, in-house, that you could get away with like an R-rated Punisher or an R-rated Deadpool. R-rated Blade. Oh, yes. Thank you. Yes, I would love to see another Blade. R-rated, just bloody violent. You know, it's, it's funny, man, because like we're talking about like, how these characters, like, how we see certain people and we're like, yeah, that's the character right there. Like, right, so, obviously, I don't I don't know, I didn't, I bought into Ben Affleck as Daredevil up until I saw Charlie Cox. And I'm like, that's who Daredevil is supposed to be. You know, I bought into Tom Jane as Punisher. And then I saw, I saw John and I was like, that's who that's supposed to be. It's just crazy to think that there's, like, certain characters that are meant for certain people, like Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. Like, you knew mm-hmm. from the moment you saw him in, like, Van Wilder, you're like, I'm a Deadpool fan. That's Deadpool right there. And then you bought into it the whole time. <laughs> and now, like, I just think about those certain people who were just made for certain roles. And, like, 
you know, I think of Mickey Rourke as Marv from Sin City. I'm just like, I just, oh, to yeah. me, I'm just like, yo, know, like, you have to go back and get these guys and have these guys portray those characters again because they're so amazing at it, right? So I don't know if whoever comes back to play Captain America when they reboot the whole series, like whoever that person is, they're obviously going to have some pretty big shoes to fill. So you're kind of like, man, I hope the next rendition of him is going to be amazing for the MCU because, I mean, let's be real, man. Like Chris did an amazing job and I don't know if there's another person that can fill his shoes. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. I agree. Chris Evans was, uh, that was one of those casting announcements that when it came out, I was like, oh, that's perfect. Perfect. Like, I was never once one of those guys who was like, oh, he only ever plays, like, you know, uh, smart aleck comedic roles. I was like, nah, man. Like, I've seen him do, I've seen him do dramatic roles and he always crushes it. Like, he, he, at the time, he was super underrated as an actor. Yeah. But, like, I had seen enough of his work that I was totally on board. I was like, yes, this is Captain America and all you haters are going to be proven wrong. <laughs> Well, and like sure for, enough, you know, here we are, and now everybody's like, "No, please don't leave the role." <laughs> well, like, and, so, and to be honest, when he played a serious Johnny Storm, that's when mm-hmm. I was like, "Okay, I'm on board with this," because that Johnny Storm, like Johnny Storm, was always kind of like that. No pun intended. He's the hothead, right? But <laughs> right. <laughs> but when he was taking on Captain America, I was like, I do remember clips of seeing like this very serious actor that would definitely do well for captain america and even if not i would have been like you know what he was a great you could have made a captain america very comedic as well and he does have like mm-hmm. he has like those those dull he has the dad jokes that's what it is oh so yeah he has those dad jokes oh, in yeah. there where he's just like hey let me talk to you about patience and you're like oh god I hate him. <laughs> yeah. but it's so funny <laughs> and like you can see like, like, uh, such I, an old I, man over I, here god man father time did not catch up with him but <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny to see like steve rogers and i just i i hate to see who has to play him next because man fans are gonna be so critical of who that is yeah i guess we're all yeah like that, i agree though. i agree Can but i mean that always just gives whoever it is the opportunity to prove everybody wrong so yeah i mean and <laughs> god god knows that i have been proven wrong so many times with some of the casting oh, yeah, choices we all have. well we all you have. and i you and i can talk about this because you remember back in mid 2000 when i was so vocal about heath ledger playing joker i was against it i hated the idea he had just got done doing brokeback mountain i was not having it and you you were the one person who was on like the steady ship that was like you know what just give him a chance i'm sure he's gonna do okay he's gonna be okay just just i promise you and I was like, nah, F that. I'm not in with this at all. <laughs> and then sure enough, man, here I am like 10 years later going, Heath Ledger was the greatest Joker of all time. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny you bring that up because like, yeah, I, I remember so vividly. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember so vividly when the announcement came out that it was Heath Ledger. There were two camps. All right, there were the fans who, like you said, hated it. Like, they were so angry. And then there were people like me who, we didn't love it, 
but we didn't hate it. We were just stuck in the middle, like, uh, I guess, <laughs> you know, because like me at the time, I had already seen that Heath Ledger was more than just a pretty face, you know, which is what he was for the most part up until that point. He was like the heartthrob and all that stuff. But like I had seen like his performance in uh, Lords of Dogtown. That's where I was like, oh, he can act. Okay. And then, um, so I was like, well, I know he can act. I know he's a good actor. It's just, I would have never in a million years said that's the guy who should play the Joker. You know what I mean? Yep. And so, so I was just stuck in this place where it's like, it might work. It might work. You don't know, you know, like, let's just wait and see. And, uh, yeah. So, and like you said, here we are 10 years later and, uh, he's still regarded as the best the best Joker of all time. So, you know, if that doesn't teach people, it's funny how so many people have not learned their lesson from that. <laughs> Just, it's, it's, uh, so, that's why I like so many of my friends now, they're like, how can you be okay with such and such playing this role? I was like, and I literally go back because I was okay with Heath. Le- I wasn't okay with Heath Ledger playing Joker, and he proved me wrong. So everybody will probably prove me wrong at this time. And it's I I I digress, man. I sit back and I'm like, I watch the casting choices happen, and I'm just like, yep, all right, well, we'll see what's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have similar reactions nowadays too, where uh, some like they'll announce whoever, and I'm just like, hmm, that's odd. But then I'm like, well. You know, uh, these people haven't led me astray so far. So, uh, you know, whatever. What do I know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. The most recent example of that that I can think of was Tyler Hecklin as Superman on DC TV. Because I was like, really? I would have never thought of him for Superman ever in a million years. You could have given me a list of actors and for me to choose Superman, I would have never considered him. And then, you know, he got the part. And I was like, okay, well, I'll, you know, these people have not led me astray so far. And then, uh, you know, he debuted on the show and he was awesome. He was great uh, to the point where we are constantly banging on the door. Like, we want more. We want more Tyler Hecklin. So, you know, again, even to this day, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to sit back and see what happens. Yep. I'm on the same boat. Like, so I'll be honest. I like, so I like, I, I, I want to put this and put it nicely. So I liked the Justice League movie. There's like, there's obviously aspects I did not like of it, right? Um, right. But, man, that final scene at the end of the movie where Joe pops out of the water, where he pops out of the water and it's Deathstroke, well, Mr. Slade. If you want to call him that, yeah. And Joe Slade Wilson, yeah. <laughs> and then Joe takes off the helmet. I was like, "Yeah, you're, yep, yeah, they're they're right." <laughs> I I watched <laughs> you. I was like, "No, there's no way I believe in Magic Mike over here." And sure enough, <laughs> I was like, "Nope, that's who you are. You are you are definitely you are definitely Slade. You are the man." Uh, yeah, yeah. I buy into this role one hundred percent. See, and it's funny. It's funny you say that because he was the one I was like, "Oh, he needs to be Deathstroke. He needs to be for sure." <laughs> so it's funny knowing, like, because uh, you never told me that before. So, so like hearing that you were on the opposite side of that one—that's <laughs> that's interesting. That's well, it's interesting. Like, 
you know, and then I'm 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 still on the fence about Jesse being um Lex. Being, yeah, being Lex. Like I, cause like I feel like I watch him and I kind of see like the same kind of character and development, right? And it's like the awkward, nerdy kind of person. And I I try to get past that because I try to be open minded, but he was so good in Zombieland that I can't. I, I can't move past that and look at him as Lex Luthor, especially when the next movie after Zombieland, he did that movie with Kristen Stewart where they were like the adventure, the adventure oh, uh, Adventureland. Yeah. And like, I can't move past it because you played the same awkward kid. And then obviously now you're playing with an awkward girl and now you're here as Lex Luthor. And I just, I just don't buy into it. And plus the, uh, the it feels like the rest of the cast is so much older than what Jesse is. And I just that's why I think it's what makes it hard for me to buy into his his performance as Lex Luthor. Well here here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I don't you know, I'm not trying to sway anybody's p- opinion or anything, but this is this is just me uh as a hardcore DC fan. Um I I really enjoy Jesse Eisenberg's performance as Lex Luthor. And you bring up the fact that he he does come across a bit younger, um, and people have this uh, they have this belief that Lex is supposed to be an older gentleman. But I always bring this up: if you're a hardcore DC fan like I am, you know that there's a specific story that involves Lex Luthor, where uh, and especially since it's been confirmed, the the Lex in the movies is Lex Luthor junior now that hints at a very specific story from the comic books where lex luthor the original lex luthor uh he was dying i believe he had some form of cancer or something Uh, and he was an older gentleman and so lex being the genius that he is he cloned his body he created a younger clone of himself and then transferred his consciousness into this younger body so that he would so that he could live but he'd be a younger man again and this was Lex Luthor Jr and so you know obviously they they put on the whole show like oh Lex Luthor's passed away and then all of a sudden this young kid comes along like I'm Lex Luthor's son you don't know me cuz he kept me out of the public eye but you can test my DNA and everything'll check out and you'll see that I am now in control of my father's company. So, you know, like to me, that's again, like people are going to say, oh, you're reaching man. Or like, you're just creating your own headcanon. And yeah, you're not wrong, but I mean, there is evidence in the story to support that. Like I said, the fact that it's Lex Luthor Jr. And uh, you know, the fact that he is a younger man, he's, you know, got a full head of hair. So, you know, if that's kind of the way I justify it myself. And again, like I say, this is me just creating my own head canon until until it's confirmed or not confirmed or whatever. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I like Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. I know I'm in the minority there, uh, but his performance is very much comic book Lex Luthor where he he holds his own perceived superiority over everybody. He's so condescending to everybody. He's you know, and he's very much scheming and manipulative. And, you know, one of my favorite scenes of his in Batman versus Superman is c- when he kind of manipulates the one 
senator, not not Senator Finch, the 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 older gentleman senator, you know, and he's like, uh, I'd like access to the deceased Kryptonian, and uh, the guy goes, "You want Zod's body?" And then he goes, "Okay," <laughs> and the look on the 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 guy's face, like, "Oh, you son of a bitch." <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite moments, and and to me, that's where he really, that's when I thought like, okay, he got he got it, he got me. So yeah, and I think I think because for I mean, so long again, we, I know I'm in the minority there, but uh, yeah, I I think he's I like him. But you're not, but you're not too far off. I mean, I can agree with you on that. Like he definitely has like these like antics that definitely make him make him different, right? Because like even with um, Michael uh, Rosenbaum. When he played, mm-hmm. when he played on Smallville, man, like I bought in, and I think I bought in because like of the age that cast, and then as they grew older in in the show and in the roles, like I definitely just found myself growing more and more attached to him. So I think that's probably why, is because right. I've seen Jesse's work prior to that, and then see his work in, you know, in, in in Justice League, and as well as you know Dawn of Justice. It's it's um it just to me it's just like. It's hard to wrap around because you see other, and that's it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, right? Where characters are, um, certain people are made for certain characters, and I think that's where I was at with it. Right, right, and you're not, you know, you're not wrong. Um, you bring up Michael Rosenbaum. Uh, uh, as much as I like Jesse Eisenberg, Rosenbaum is still my favorite Lex. Uh, but I mean. It's kind of hard to compare the two because uh, Rosenbaum had seven years to develop that character, and like you said, you you grow attached to him, and you see the journey he goes on, and where he starts out a young, optimistic man who's trying to get out of his father's shadow, and then you watch him slowly become his father, a rich, corrupt man who uh, is kind of he's just so evil by the end of that show so yeah 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 yeah, i mean i've and and this doesn't just apply to to jesse eisenberg but i mean like i feel like kind of unfair to compare uh anybody's performance especially since he only had the one movie to do it in and like i said rosenbaum had seven years out of a 10-year series so but you know like i said rosenbaum is still my favorite lex so no, I. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, I feel like we kind of got off off track there. Uh, so okay, so uh, this this Friday, which was yesterday, uh, that we got new episodes of Young Justice, uh, three new episodes, and um, I'm not. Uh, I don't really want to do reviews on them because that's not really what I do. I just want to give a few quick reactions. Uh, Again, these episodes are, are great. They're solid. Uh, the first one had some really great humor in it with uh, Dick Grayson and the Harper boys. Uh, keep in mind, there are three of them now. Uh, Dick Grayson and the Harper boys going on their own little adventure, and that was that was fun. It's super fun. <laughs> like uh, Again, there's no, no spoilers here, but there's a moment where... Uh, who is it? Uh, Jim Harper... Will Harper and Roy Harper, they're all kind of uh, really given uh, Dick Grayson the ringer, like being sarcastic and cracking jokes. And Dick goes, uh, 
man, who thought it would be a good idea to put the three of you together? And they all three at the same time were like, uh, you did. <laughs> <laughs> so that was great. That was great. Uh, that episode is really was really good, real fun. And then the next two episodes, again, really great. A little less on the humor, but I mean, you know, they really leaned into the metahuman trafficking and uh, the return of my favorite uh, Batman villain, possibly my favorite DC Comics villain, Ra's al Ghul, uh, which is great. And this leads into something I am going to spoil real quick. So uh, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. At the end of the third episode this week, we get the reveal that, uh, again, spoiler alert, in case anybody doesn't know, uh, Jason Todd is indeed still alive. uh, And he is, in this universe, he is training with Ra's al Ghul. You get to see him, and it's pretty pretty shocking, pretty crazy. I wasn't expecting to see him. Uh, We did get the confirmation in season two that Jason Todd did exist in this universe, but that he had already quote unquote died between the two episodes, between the two seasons, season one and season two. So to see them follow up with the possibility of red hood in the future, pretty exciting. And then the other thing that I'm going to spoil is we got to see Damien Wayne. Uh, He's not the Damien you're expecting to see. He is still a baby, but you see his mother, Talia, cradling him in his ar- in her arms so again those were the two things i was super excited to see so all right no more spoilers after that <laughs> again like i said these, these three episodes again fantastic this show always kills it which is why we love the show so much uh it's why we we campaigned so hard to get the show back after it was canceled by cartoon network and you better believe we're going to be right there uh, cha- championing this show as long as we can to keep it going. So, yeah. Is it interesting? Uh, Cliff, I don't... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, is it interesting to know that the reason why Cartoon Network canceled both Young Justice and then changed Teen Titans was because although the shows were very popular, it wasn't the demographic that Cartoon Network wanted. They wanted a bunch of like obviously young youngish kids so they could appeal to that were probably like between the ages like six and eleven and what they got were this following of kids from like nine to sixteen. They're like, Nope, we're just gonna hit the reset button on these guys and just start anew. Yeah, it's uh that was kind of the thing that made me like I turned on Cartoon Network when when they canceled uh Young Justice because it's like this is one of the greatest shows you guys have produced in a long time. And you just were like, nope, we don't want it. So it's like, ah, what is wrong with you guys? So, yeah, I mean, it, obviously when we got the news that it was coming back and it was going to be on this new uh, service, it's like, okay, well, these people clearly understand their fan base. So, yeah, let's uh, let's. Let's get some young justice. It's it, it's great. And Cliff, I, what I was gonna say was, uh, uh, I know you haven't watched the show, but you said you were you were gonna try and get in into the show. How, uh, any news on that? Any update? Um, actually, so it's all about 
the funding part right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> so, right, I get you. Yeah, eventually it'll get there though. But no, I have not been able to yeah. join it just yet. All right, all right. That hey, that, that's cool. You know, like I said, uh, the show is just so good. Like I said, it's my favorite uh, DC animated series. And again, yes, I know how how that might sound to some people who haven't seen the show yet. Uh, you know, especially since DC has such classics and such masterpieces as uh, Batman the Animated Series. But honestly, I think I enjoy Young Justice even more than that. So, yeah, it's just that good. Check it out. Check it out if you can. Uh, the next bit of news we have is something that I'm really... Something that, again, it's not too big a deal. We, always, we knew this was going to happen, but it was something that made me happy to see it. Uh, For those of you who watch the DC TV shows on the CW, uh, if you didn't know Jesse L. Martin, who plays Joe West on The Flash, you might have noticed he's been suspiciously absent from the season, aside from one or two episodes. Uh, It's because he suffered a back injury between seasons and uh, he just wasn't healing from it properly. So that's why the character has not appeared on the show very much uh, because he was trying to, I think he underwent surgery and then he was recovering. But uh, the good news is yesterday, uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her name correctly. Danielle Nicolette, who plays uh, DA Cecile Horton on the show. She posted a video on Instagram, which showed that Jesse L. Martin was indeed back on the set of the flash. He looks like he's doing great. He was smiling and laughing and, so yeah, that's good because, like I said, I was missing me some Joe West. So I'm 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 glad to know he's doing all right. I'm glad to know he's back on set. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Cliff, I know you don't you don't keep up with these shows, but uh, you know, you have any thoughts on that? It's a work in progress. Okay, like little by little, we gotta catch <laughs> up. You know, there was a period of time where I was way behind in the Marvel Universe, but we know how much I loved it, and I dedicated myself to catching up so hard. No, um, It's true. It's true. (laughs) I did. I spent, like, I think I spent a weekend, I think I spent three weekends and watched four movies a day, and Saturday, Sunday, just watched four movies a day and caught up as quick as possible, and we're talking about, like, popular movies, like, we're talking, like, Apocalypse, Days of Future Past, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, I was trying to catch up. So, um, I did, I am starting to get into uh, the Flash universe. So, it's definitely just a catching up progress from here. So, Netflix and Hulu are definitely holding me down right now. <laughs> right on. Right on. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you know, like I said, I know you're not super up to date on any of these things, but, uh, you know, uh, and like I said, uh, those of us who are and those like if you if you noticed uh joe joe west was missing from the show and didn't know why that's why uh but have no fear he is back so that is always a good thing it's good to you know, know i was kind of worried about the guy yeah, yeah yeah i was worried uh because if you did notice the the few episodes he was in this season uh someone else actually pointed this out to me and then i noticed it but like yeah he was always sitting down and then, like, the one time we saw him upright, he was kind of leaning against the wall. So it's like, oh, yeah, like, he must have hurt himself. And then, like, sure enough, they confirmed, like, yeah, he suffered a back injury. He's going to be gone from the show. He'll be back. So, uh, yeah, no worries. He's he's doing fine. 
and he is back on the set. So good to know. Welcome back, uh, Jesse L. Martin. Yeah, welcome back. All right. Uh, yeah. And uh, all right, so we're going to be, we're getting close to the end of the show. We've only got a few things, uh, a few things to get through before we wrap this up. Uh, first up, all right, so the next piece of news we have is that the Birds of Prey film has begun filming. Uh, and uh, that's, I believe it began two days ago. Again, I'm not sure on the dates. I know it was recent. Uh, we don't really have a whole lot of news to report on it other than, uh, you know, we know Margot Robbie is returning as Harley Quinn. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is playing the Huntress. Journey Smollett Bell is playing the Black Canary. And, of course, Ewan McGregor playing the villain of the piece, Black Mask. Cliff, uh, what do you have to say on this? Are you excited? Are you not excited? What, where, where do you land on this? So I am excited. Um, I did see, like, you know, there's, there's a couple other faces in there that are definitely showing up. So Rosie Perez is going to be in there. God knows who she's playing. That's right. But we know that she's She's playing play. uh, Renee Montoya. Yeah. So, geez. Her, her voice, as much as I like her as an actress, her annoying voice is back. So <laughs> give her that. <laughs> you know what's crazy, man? We talked about this numerous times, like, years, years ago. And it's great to see that Ewan McGregor is finally in the DC universe now as mm-hmm. Black Mask. I'm not a hundred percent on just yet. I'm just I'll I'll reserve. Like I'm gonna try to taper my expectations. But I really wish he would have been the Riddler. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We've we we did about talk this. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he would have been a pretty good Riddler. And uh, wow, I actually forgot about that. So thank you. Thank you for bringing that back up. Because he was gonna uh, be amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting that he's playing a character like the Black Mask. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see what he's going to do with the character uh, in terms of the voice, if he's going to play him American, if he's going to really lean into the sort of the, the wise guy gangster type thing. I don't know. I honestly don't know what to expect, but I am excited to see what he does. I'm also excited to see... Uh... Uh, Winstead back too. You know, you did mention that she's playing Huntress. I'm definitely, I'm a huge fan of hers. Um, I remember like watching her in like Final Destination. So it was definitely for me, that's where it was. I know other people are going to remember her from like Scott Pilgrim as well as, um, mm-hmm. God, what was the moment she did with Kurt Russell? Uh, Death. No, it wasn't Death. It was, um, uh, Death Proof. Death Proof, yes. So yeah. I know, I know a few people are going to be excited about those, but for me, I think I'm just, I'm just hyped to see her in a DC world as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. I am also a very big fan of hers. Uh, I've, uh, like you said, I've been a big fan. I believe the first thing I ever saw her in was Sky High, uh, which oddly enough was, uh, also had Kurt Russell in it. Uh, and then, you know, she was oh, yeah. in Live Free or Die Hard. <laughs> She was in, uh, she's been in so many movies that I've seen and that I love. Uh, and I was always saying like, oh, she needs to be in a superhero movie. And uh, it's not that she didn't try. Like I had told this story when it broke, the news broke that she was in this movie. I was like, you know, she had auditioned for almost every superhero movie since 2008. Like I know she auditioned for Lois Lane in Man of Steel. She auditioned for Catwoman in The Dark Knight Rises. She auditioned for Wonder Woman. She auditioned for any female role in every superhero movie from the last 10 years. She auditioned for, and she didn't get any of them. 
So I saw her name on the list of candidates for Huntress, and I thought, oh, man, I really want her to get it, but she's probably not going to get it. And then, of course, she got it. So I'm very happy, very excited, can't wait to see her. And this is a character that I, I do know and I do really like. Uh, again, I can't wait to see what she does with it. I really can't wait to see the costumes for this movie. I'm really curious what they're going to do costume-wise because these are... Again, it's a female-centric story, and you know, just like Wonder Woman, that you always kind of—it's a—it's—it's it's a very thin line to walk down when you're dealing with female characters, uh, like whether or not you want them to be, like obviously you want them to look good, but you don't want to over over sexualize them. You know, you want them to be strong and powerful. So yeah, I. I'm just real. I can't wait to see what anybody's going to look like. That includes uh, Black Mask, because that's, again, a character that on paper seems very simple to do, but in practice, you know, it could be, it could go really wrong. So, you know, we'll see. We'll oh, see. I, I definitely forgot that she was in Sky High. <laughs> like, until you said that. And I was like, oh, yeah, she was, she was Royal Pain. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sitting there thinking about this now. I'm like, yo, like this is this is like, and and not that I would take away from that movie either. That was a great movie. I definitely had a lot of fun. Oh yeah, I love that movie. So wow, man, I just think like just the ability to like we can just talk about these movies and connect them to different places. No, so definitely, I I have to agree. um, You know, seeing Robbie come back and playing Harley Quinn, obviously this can be great. So I'm definitely hyped about the costumes. Hopefully to get um, hopefully to get uh. Robbie like happy with a different costume because I know that she was unhappy with the costume that she had on the set for Suicide Squad. So we'll see. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I'm very excited to. I hope we we get a we get to see something from from the film soon. I mean, like even if it's just uh, stills, you know. Like I, I I'm just excited to see what what everyone's gonna look like and uh, you know because I have no doubts that. The cast is going to crush it. This is a fantastic cast as well. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I'm just, I'm excited. I have to agree. I'm excited as well. All right. Yeah. All right. So uh, the last bit of news we're going to do here, uh, an update on uh, Aquaman's box office. This is, uh, when I was writing all this out for it, it was, I believe it was sitting somewhere at like $988 million. It was, yeah, like it's expected to cross the $1 billion mark today. And for all I know, it may have already done that. So, you know, so that, that's a big deal. If it doesn't do it today, it will definitely cross $1 billion by the end of the weekend. So, again, uh, congratulations. That's a very big deal for any superhero movie. You know, like I feel like because I've been reporting on Aquaman, I feel like people are just like, oh, you're just excited about Aquaman. No, like, have. Uh, let me squash those uh, sentiments. Like I'm going to report on everybody's box office going forward. So, you know, it's not just Aquaman. I'm just, you know, it, they're doing, they're doing gangbusters right now. So I want to celebrate that. So yeah. Congratulations, Cliff. Any thoughts? Yeah. And even if it wasn't Aquaman, okay. Like I know everybody's talking about, we fanboying, fan, might be fanboying over Aquaman. Yeah, we are. Because if you, because <laughs> 100%, we could have been like, you know, 
uh, <laughs> the Big Bang Theory and literally talked as much trash about <laughs> Aquaman as... Is this true? Yeah, we could have. We could have been those guys. Like, no, man, Aquaman's the most useless dude ever. Jason Momoa has taken that character, transformed that character into somebody that everybody wants to be. And trust me, like, as far as fanboying goes, yes, I will. Because Jason Momoa is the man, and he's from Hawaii, and <laughs> legitimately, I am sold on him only playing Aquaman. I don't want nobody else now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me, I'm going to say something. Uh, I heard Stephen Amell say this at a con. Once, uh, those of you who don't know, Stephen Amell plays Oliver Queen, the Green Arrow, on television. Uh, he said, because uh, he and Jason Momoa know each other pretty well, and he said, uh, there will never be another Aquaman, because Jason Momoa will kill them. <laughs> <laughs> True. So, <He> will. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, so, Jason, yeah, Jason Momoa, like I said last time we talked about this, that guy, he's a star, you know, and if we live in a day and age where if you want to be, if you want to hit it big time, play a superhero, you know, it's a, it's a great way to redeem yourself. Ask Robert Downey Jr. It's a great way to be a star yourself. Ask uh, Jason Momoa. So, you know, uh, yeah, it's crazy to think that, you know, when we were growing up, uh, this was the kind of stuff that people used to make fun of me for, uh, you know, because I was a superhero fan, I was a comic book fan, and now we're living in a world where these movies, yeah, yes, a character like Aquaman can gross a billion dollars at the box office. So, you know, that's the world we live in, and I could not be happier. Could not be happier. <laughs> All right, Cliff, uh, you got any final thoughts? Anything else you want to get out before we wrap this up? No, man. I think we we covered a lot. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Some of it we didn't even plan on covering. <laughs> nope. It's, that's just the way it works, man. This is how we, this is how we do. So that's, this, that's our flow system. Yeah. I mean, I, I always like to say to people, like, yeah, we have, a, we have a script that we like to try and stick to. But, I mean, honestly, when me and Cliff together, get together, it, we're just having a conversation. You know, we're just two nerds talking about the stuff we love. So Nerds being nerdy. You know, if, that's what, if, if you guys are into that, you came to the right place. If you're if you're not into that, you know, there's other podcasts. That's not really out there. our problem. <laughs> not as entertaining as ours, but there's other podcasts out there. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not gonna say anything, but yeah, you're entitled there's other to places your wrong you can opinion. Go this isn't your cup of tea. So, uh, all right. So that's gonna do it for us today. Uh, before we head out, I just want to let everybody know. I just want to remind everybody we are available on Spotify. Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Republic, and Stitcher. And uh, as always, you can find us here on anchor.fm slash nerds. Uh, my name is Antonio Padilla. You can find me on Twitter at Tron Pilgrim. You can find me everywhere else at Tron Pilgrim 87. Cliff, uh, go ahead and uh, tell them where they can find you. Yeah. So before uh, before we get anything else deep dived into it, um, this episode is actually going to be our first episode that's going to be attached to Frank and Culture as well. So you guys can that's catch right. us on that's there. That's right. I'm sorry. I forgot that. <laughs> that okay. is right. And I don't know how I forgot that. It's a big deal. 
It's a huge deal, yeah. So <laughs> it's a very big deal for us. We'll be, we'll be attached to Frank and Culture, which is definitely going to be like uh, pretty cool. So you'll catch, uh, catch all of their epi- our episodes on there as well for uh, Pinecast. So we'll be all over the place again. Um, then you guys can also catch me as well on that channel, uh, Frank and Culture for Get the KO, as well as uh, Frankensteiner. And... Um, if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, Snapchat, or Instagram, it's all the same, cm underscore miller85. If you guys don't know, if you guys are having trouble with it, chick magnet underscore miller85, cm <laughs> underscore miller85. Uh, so, nice. yeah, you guys can find me. <laughs> well, come to find out, that's uh, CM Punk actually recently had a – he was on trial and under oath. They asked him what the CM stand for, and it, it's uh, Chick Magnet Punk. So <laughs> I, I had no idea. My name, my real name is, is Clifford Michael. <laughs> so CM underscore Miller. This whole time I was like, yo, this just works perfect. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you guys can uh, you guys can find me Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, CM underscore Miller85. And you guys can find me here on Anchor or Anchor.fm as well for Get the KO. And then on Frank and Culture, you can catch uh, Nerds at a Round Table now. Uh, as well that's as right. Steiner and get the KO. All right, that's uh, that's the news we got for you this week. Uh, you can always catch us here. Uh, I be- Cliff, I believe we're going to do this every Saturday, correct? Friday, every Friday, because I think we've talked about that a couple times, right? Yeah, yeah. So we'll- all right, so uh, yeah, <laughs> same nerd time, same nerd channel. See you next week, nerds. Peace.